Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Sita Slavov, on her testimony of how she went from Zen Buddhism to biblical Christianity. My understanding of Zen was, so it's this practice, and it's a fairly intense practice. Like mm. you you do go to meditation retreats and you sit in silence for, for days. And, and the idea being that you want to be able to uh, see reality for what it is. Sita Slavov next. As part of her self-described lifelong spiritual quest, Dr. Sita Slavov spent a number of years practicing Zen Buddhism. However, God used the pandemic in 2020 to draw her attention to Jesus and the Bible. She writes about it in her Christianity Today piece, Unable to find ultimate truth in Zen Buddhism, I turned to Jesus. She's a professor of public policy at George Mason University. Dr. Slavov, what drew you to Zen Buddhism and how was it part of your spiritual quest? Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a long uh journey, right? And uh it's uh I, I guess I could I could start with I, I I grew up in a Hindu household. My my parents uh immigrated from from India and um and it's it's when I was a teenager that I kind of realized um you don't have to practice the same faith as your parents. Like it's, it's not genetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so at that point I, I realized like this, this is my choice and I need to decide for myself what is true um, and, and follow, follow that path. So it was that, that's the point when I sort of decided I, I wanted to f- figure it out for myself. Um, and I probably act more, most accurately at that time would have called myself an agnostic, mm. um, cause I just didn't know mm-hmm. what, what to believe. And I do know when I went away to college, um, I was drawn to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I had friends in college who were evangelical Christians and I, I saw, um, I saw the sort of peace that they had, um, that came through their faith. Um, and I didn't have that and I wanted it. Um, but I had a hard time sort of convincing myself that, that this was not wish, wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, um, you know, and I, I kind of took some steps. A friend suggested that I read mere Christianity, which I did. And that actually convinced me like, Hey, this is plausible. Mm. Um, but it's still, it wasn't, you know, I was like, okay, but that's not definitive proof. So I'm, I'm not, I still can't, couldn't convince myself. And I did start going to church like when I had finished grad school mm-hmm. and um, I went to church for a few years. I, I was really kind of trying um, to, to uh, develop that faith. I ended up drifting away. Um, I think the issue was I, I just, you know, I had too much of too many intellectual barriers, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point that I started um, exploring Zen Buddhism. And, and for me, the main attraction was it seemed to be a spiritual path that you could take that didn't require you to believe anything. I mean, there's different kinds of Buddhism and um you know, in Zen, at least the way it's taught in the U.S., um, doesn't 
you know, there's not like a list of things that you have to assent to. Hmm. Um, it's it's a practice. You you come in, you practice mostly seated meditation, and the idea is to experience or to discover for yourself um, what's true. And that that really appealed to me. So so that's that's what drew me drew me in. And, and this is, as you said, somewhat after college, maybe in your late twenties. Yeah, like yeah. That. This was this was probably yeah. I was I, I think I was around thirty. I would I would say when yeah. 30, 31. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when. But So, so you say uh, Zen, Zen Buddhism is a practice. Can, can you differentiate it from regular Buddhism? Is that is that kind of yeah. part of the difference? Maybe. So, so, you know, I did look into when I was kind of doing the spiritual explore, exploration, I, I did kind of like look into what do Buddhists believe. And, you know, I think a lot of um, Buddhists, like, so Buddhism starts with the premise that life is suffering. Sometimes that's translated not as suffering, but as dissatisfaction. Mm. And, you know, for me, and I think for a lot of spiritual seekers, that's a pretty relatable thing, right? Um, A relatable diagnosis of of the human condition. And, and, you know, I I could kind of think about times when um, in my life, when I had kind of looked to my career or to um, possessions or, or to other other people for fulfillment. And um, I was always disappointed, right? Life is dissatisfying. So, so that's kind of the premise mm-hmm. that Buddhism starts with. And I think that's what draws a lot of people in, whether it's to Buddhism in general or Zen particularly. I, I do know that, and I'm less familiar with other kinds of Buddhism, but I do think in other kinds of Buddhism, there's more emphasis on sort of supernatural beliefs um, that I fully wasn't, that, that I wasn't sort of on board with. Um, things like uh, rebirth, um, where where you kind of go through this cycle of uh, of rebirths. And, and I was like, well, I, I don't know that that's true. Um, but, but Zen seemed to offer, a, you know, I asked, I remember asking a Zen teacher, so do I have to believe this stuff? And he's like, um, well, in Zen, that's optional. Um, <laughs> that's and so I was like, okay, that's, yeah. that's great. Um, okay. I'm going to opt out. So, yeah. um, In Zen Buddhism, I mean, you, you think of, especially with Eastern religions, most of, as my understanding is most of the, uh, of the Buddhists would be found in, in, in the East and Asian correct. countries particularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so uh, the, the idea of, I mean, you would tend to think, well, it, it, you're 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 heading toward nirvana. You're heading towards. You just described the rebirth of reincarnation, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you're saying in in Zen, those things don't necessarily factor in too much. They did not come up too much, at least in my experience of it. Um, it's it's sort of more about um, you, you know my understanding of Zen was so it's this practice and it's a fairly intense practice. Like mm. you you do go to meditation retreats and you sit in silence for for days and and the idea being that. Um, you want to be able to uh, see reality for what it is, um, right? So you kind of your own um, biases, your your own um, the story that you're telling that kind of drops away, and then you you accurately perceive things as they are, and then that the, you know my understanding is that is what leads to spiritual awakening um, in Zen, or at least that was my my sort of take on it, and. That was quite appealing to me because I was like, you know, I, I have trouble believing things intellectually, but maybe if I experience something for myself, um, then that will that will kind of be the 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 thing. So, so the meditation that that's the big uh, focus yeah. of it. You said it's the practice. Well, what happens? Yeah. Uh, say, I mean, you said you would 
sit for hours. What what would you? Yeah, I would sit for hours. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, you know, kind of the, the most basic way to do it would be, um, you know, you're sitting and obviously your mind's going to start wandering, but you keep bringing your attention back to something. And it could be something as simple as like your breath. Um, I think some people um, focused on like Buddhist mantras. I, I never went for for that type of thing. Um, in Zen, sometimes there are these things called koans, um, where like a koan is like a paradoxical um, story or or anecdote um, that's designed to kind of take you to the limits of reason or or into your your reasoning abilities, and um, you know at that point you know, your, your, your intellect sort of gives up and then you kind of have this direct experience of, of, uh, of insight. And, um, so mm. I, I did practice with some of those. I never, I never solved any of those. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but yeah, so, so that's the basic practice. I did a lot of that. Um, I did find that there are some psychological benefits to training your attention, um, to focus on whatever it is you need to be focusing on and not kind of wandering off in a hundred directions. Not, I, I never really had spiritual breakthroughs with this or any type of spiritual. Yeah. So it was a little frustrating to me. You were really looking for something dramatic, something relevant. Yeah, I was looking for something more. Yeah, I was looking for, you know, and there were certainly moments when I felt sort of this peace. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I sort of my my inner monologue would kind of shut up and I would kind of start to appreciate wow the birds that that the chirping of the birds like that's really beautiful but what does that mean you know i don't i don't you know it didn't i i didn't know what to do with that experience um so it's not like it kind of led to any spiritual growth is there a is there a sense of community in it i mean uh, of course and talk about that if you would there's pro that maybe yeah, that's part of the yeah. appeal Absolutely. Yeah, that is part of the appeal. And, um, you know, I practice at a couple of Zen centers. Um, I started this practice when we lived in California and um, I went to the Zen center of Los Angeles. It was quite big. Um, hmm. And, uh, you know, there, there there is community. So you go in, I think it was, um, you go in, I think it was like Sunday mornings that they had kind of the big, um, you know, you'd go in and you'd meditate for like, 30 minutes to an hour. And then afterwards there'd be like a lunch and everybody would kind of sit and, and mm -hmm. chat. And then when we moved here to the DC area, there was a local group where once a week we would uh, get together and do like seated meditation. And I would travel to a retreat center in Kentucky um, for, for weekends or even for a whole week. And, you know, a lot of the retreat would be in silence. So it's not like you're chatting with people, but there is kind of this, interesting like intimacy that comes from you know you're doing things together but mm -hmm. not like talking to each other and then at the end of the retreat sometimes you would uh you you would kind of hang around and and chat and so there is there is certainly a community um there and, and is there a particular a kind of person that might be attracted to zen buddhism uh, I mean, is that's, it? Is that's it a good question. Yeah. Um, intellectual type folks, or it seems to be intellectual types. Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of the people there. Like I was not the only professor there. So, and this is a pretty small community. So, like it does seem to to be, you know, people who have maybe not found answers in mm -hmm. their intellectual pursuits, um, and uh, they're looking for answers in Zen. Okay.
Yeah, interesting. Well, my guest today on His People is Dr. Sitis Slavov. She is professor of public policy at George Mason University, but we're talking to her about um, her her time involved in Zen Buddhism uh, and also then uh, how eventually she came to believe in Jesus. Very interesting story, which we're going to get to in just a moment. She wrote for ChristianityToday.com, unable to find ultimate truth in Zen Buddhism, I turned to Jesus. So you were seeking that. You were seeking truth you were seeking Ultimate enlightenment truth. yeah absolutely yeah i wanted to know the the what is my purpose in life i think a lot of people do so absolutely as a very yeah. very uh reasonable thing to ask <laughs> what's so interesting in your piece unable to find ultimate truth in zen buddhism i turned to jesus in in christianity today you you had plans uh, and I, I want you to tell it. i don't want to do to steal the thunder but you had plans to go to a, a, a zen buddhism retreat in the fall of 2020, but yeah, tell us yeah. uh, what got happened. Canceled, yeah, yeah. So, so that's um, w- when I look back on that, I'm I'm just blown away um, by the way things played out mm-hmm. by um, by God's plan. Um, I was going to go to a month long meditation retreat in the fall of 2020. Um, and, you know, I'd been to weekend retreats, I'd been to week-long retreats, um, and I thought, okay, a month-long retreat, that's going to be where it happens. Yeah. That's going to be where I finally catch that glimpse into into the, the true nature of reality, and, you know, that's going to help me grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was making plans. It's not easy to plan to be away for a month. Um, <laughs> and then everything shut down. Um, and... Obviously, the retreat got canceled. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was also a very difficult time in my life. Um, Probably one of the most difficult times I was dealing with some, you know, there was the fear around the virus and the lockdowns. And, you know, I was dealing with some mental health challenges. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know, something shifted, Um, something changed. Um, And what I found my mind uh, drifting towards... um, was uh, Psalm 46. Um, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And I, that that verse was drifting into hmm. my mind. and uh, Unprovoked. I mean, it just... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, you know, it's been a while since I've been to church, but why did I, why did I leave? Um, hmm. And then I realized, like, I can go back. And... Uh, and so I did, and and everything was online at that point. So I started um, attending services online, uh, uh, checking out some local local churches, mm-hmm. and some of them opened up and had some outdoor services. So I would I would go to those, and I'd kind of reach out to the pastor and be like, you know, hey, I know everything's online, but can can we chat? Um, and so so I, I did this. I did this through through kind of the fall. I. I uh, um, so I was kind of doing some exploration and um, I was kind of revisiting some of the uh, issues that I struggled with when when I uh, drifted away from from church. Can you touch on wh- what one or two of those issues might have been? Yeah, it was just it was mainly doubt, mm-hmm. um, mainly doubt. Like, um, I, I, you know, I know that there were definitely moments that I did believe but those moments were so temporary, mm-hmm. like a couple of weeks or months later, um, I, I wouldn't be able to believe anymore. And so I, I really struggled with doubt and I didn't know what to do with that. 
Um, and uh, so, so that, that was kind of the main one. And yeah, so, so that was, that was kind of a difficult, difficult thing for me. Um, and, uh, but, 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 you know, I, I, I persisted. I, I kind of um, kept exploring um, church services. I remember I, I, uh, there was a, I signed up for some, some online Bible studies. Um, and uh, I don't, yeah, I, this, this time it, it, it took, you know, I, I, uh, and you that, were reading Christmas. Yeah, I was, I was re- ready to, ready, ready to do it, at ready to commit fully. So during this time, you, I mean, you were obviously reading the Bible, studying the Bible. I was. You were watching things online. I mean, you yeah. were taking in a, a lot. Yeah, I was, of, I was taking in a lot of, lot of things, and you know, I, I kind of that December, I remember, I reached out to someone. There's this app called Coffee with a Christian, hmm. um, where. It's kind of I don't I I came across it yeah. and it's you can you can kind of um, I don't know like uh, reach out and a, have a coffee date with with a Christian hmm. um, like just if you have questions yeah. right so it's it's kind of uh, the idea being you can have a conversation about faith and and the person you're talking to would know that the conversation is welcome and we you know we didn't do a coffee in person we we did like a phone conversation but but uh you know that that was cool that that answered some of my questions and um so th- so there was that and i talked to one of the pastors at the church that i go to now and that was a really good conversation too and uh and yeah at some point i realized like what what am i waiting for so so what what did you do with all of that knowledge i mean was there actually a a, a point that you you said i'm i'm going to believe in in jesus right now or did you just find yourself realizing i do believe i think it was more of a gradual gradual thing mm-hmm. um and gradual meaning over a few months um and it was there was a point i think it was a couple of days before christmas that that i realized like yeah i believe i'm ready to do this was there anything that you read? I mean, obviously the scripture. Was there anything you read? C.S. Lewis and Mere Christianity or something like yeah, that? Yeah, no, that that I read back in college, and that that did settle some of my uh, settle some of my doubts. Um, I, it, there was nothing specific that mm-hmm. I can point to. It was probably just the overall sort of, you know, I can point to so many little things that that kind of built up to this this point. Um, you know, even things going back to college, like uh, con- conversations that I had with people back then. So, so, so it's kind of interesting. <laughs> it, well, it very much is. And so, so I mean, it's a, a kind of an obvious question, but talk about what then happened to your attachment to Buddhism. I mean, you've been involved in it for, what, a decade? Something yeah, I've like been that? involved in it for more than a decade. Um, but, you know, I hadn't gone in person to this this uh, meditation group. Um, Zoom meditation was not doing it for me. So I was not, I was not... Um, mm-hmm participating. And then I think that that spring when I, I, so I decided, um, you know, this is, this is it. I'm fully committing uh, my life to Jesus. And so I signed up for a small group at the church that I had found and, and I, I started going to that and, and that sort of became my, my faith community mm. at that point. Um, so the whole issue of meditation, I mean, obviously there's the Zen meditation that you talked about, yeah. and then uh, there's the Christian meditation. Well, yeah. there is Christian meditation. Can yeah, you, there is. Can you contrast those? What, what, what is the difference? Yeah, um, I think the way I like to think about it is pretty much all meditation that I have experience with, um, it's about directing your attention towards something. 
And that's a skill. That's a skill you can build. I, I you know, I kind of see it as it's like training a muscle, like, um, you know, by lifting weights or something. So it's there's nothing like inherently good or bad about that. It kind of depends on why you're doing it, what you're going to use it for. So, you know, there's there's like secular like mindfulness meditation that that psychologists sometimes use to to teach people to improve their mental health. Um, you know, companies like Google will will um, you know use mindfulness training to to help their employees be more productive, right? So so this skill of training your attention is used pretty widely, um, and I think in in Christian meditation you can use it to focus on scripture. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you you can kind of draw your attention back back to. Uh, back to scripture and use it for the purpose of drawing closer to God. And in Zen, obviously, you're you're kind of drawing your attention back to something in the present moment with the intention of awakening spiritually. So, you know, I think there are commonalities, but the difference is that that Christian meditation is sort of done within the framework of, of scripture. Have you had an opportunity to share your faith, your Christian faith, with any of your uh, Zen Buddhist friends or uh, you know you know i i'm in touch with people um occasionally but i have not kind of sat down and had a conversation with with anyone it's a conversation i'd welcome cuz you know these are very like i like i said in the article very sincere spiritual seekers and mm-hmm. i think it is so important for us to talk about to have these types of conversations how would you recommend if if you would that someone say if they have a friend a family member yeah. that is involved in uh, Zen Buddhism, and that you know, here you have someone, as you say, you know, is a sincere seeker after truth. How would you suggest they communicate uh, Christianity to them? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think the interesting thing: a lot of the people who I met um, through my Zen practice have grown up in Christian homes. Hmm. Um, so these are people who kind of left or decided that that they were not believers um, at some point. Um, and so a lot of these people have some background in, in Christianity, at least here in the U.S. And so you might start there, I would say, and learn about their spiritual journey, mm-hmm. right? So what 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 is it that drew them to Zen? Um, what is it that they were not finding in the Christianity that they may have been exposed to. Um, and, uh, y- you know, I would say we can, we can go from there. So uh, you, you mentioned that, um, that, that Zen was part of your spiritual quest. And of course, yeah. it, 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 the pandemic, God used it to turn yeah. your attention to Jesus, obviously. How has that changed your life? How has believing in Jesus, what, what, what changes have you noticed? Wow, I've noticed so many changes. Um, I, uh, you know, I think I used to struggle a lot with uh, sort of negativity mm-hmm. and worry, and I'm I'm, I'm not going to say it's not a problem anymore, but it's like my attitude has completely changed. It's like there, there's this quote that sometimes att- it's sometimes attributed to Einstein. Who knows if he actually said it or not? But but like the most important thing that someone's going to decide is is the universe a friendly place or not? Hmm. And I used to think it's definitely a hostile place. Like it's, it's life is terrible. Um, And I've gone from that to kind of believing that, that there is a perfect loving God um, who's controls everything in Mm -hmm. in the universe and, and it's all going to be okay. Um, 
So, so that's, that's kind of the, the 180 in terms of my uh, attitude. And I do know that it's made, it's improved my relationships. Um, it's improved, um, you know, my work ethic um, and things like that. Mm. And going back to what I was starting to say a minute ago, you said that uh, uh, Zen Buddhism was part of your spiritual quest. You yeah. uh, kind of had been sort of, if you will, wandered through Christianity in your college days. I did, yeah. And then came to Buddhism. W- yeah. Was Were there other aspects of that spiritual quest besides Christianity and Buddhism, Zen Buddhism? Those were the two main ones, you know? Um I, I do remember thinking when I was a teenager, okay, if I'm going to make this a project, I need to like carefully research like all the world's religions and, um, you know, make pros and cons or, or it, it, you know, so, somehow kind of systematically go through all of them. I didn't. I didn't. And I think I didn't because I was drawn to Jesus. Mm. And uh, so really it was in college, I, I sort of mostly explored uh, Christianity and in that period and, uh and after grad school, I also also did that, and then uh, and then yeah, then Zen Zen came later. Dr. Sita Slavov, my guest today on His People, she's professor of public policy at George Mason University. We're talking about her article, "Unable to Find Ultimate Truth in Zen Buddhism." I turned to Jesus, and uh, Sita, that uh, article that you wrote about your testimony of coming to believe in Jesus is actually part of a series that Christianity yeah. Today is. Yeah. is putting together about that very subject about yeah. t- tell us a little bit about it i think it's a fantastic series right so uh it's uh something i've noticed is a lot of spiritual seekers um are drawn to to either whether it's zen but or or another type of buddhism but buddhism in general and um you know the point that they're making in christianity today is that that churches are not prepared to engage um with buddhism um and it's something I've noticed too. Is is like, um, you know, there, there are sort of a, some misperceptions about what Buddhism actually is, and we we do need to fully understand what Buddhism is before we can before we can really engage. And I, I think that's that's the purpose of the series is is really telling, um, is is kind of kind of kind of equipping churches to to understand where where Buddhists are coming from and 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 being prepared to to engage. Well, I know I have to let you go here in a minute, but yeah. can you touch on a misperception or two? I mean, I, I don't know if I even have any uh, perceptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that that's partly it, right, too, is, is well, so I, I guess one misperception I've run into is is kind of that, that Buddhism is this monolithic thing. All mm. Buddhists are the same, and they all kind of believe, I don't know, what whatever the Dalai Lama um, right. said. But that's not, that's not true. That is one particular type of Buddhism. That's Tibetan Buddhism, and, um, you know, Zen Buddhism. Buddhists, what what they're doing, what they're saying is quite different in many ways. So kind of perceiving the uh, nuances and knowing, and it's that's why I think it's so important to know the person that you're talking to, what what they actually believe. And, and is Buddha uh, God in the in the in the Buddhism uh, the Buddhist uh, scheme? No. Not, not in my experience. Um, the the Buddhists that I um, interacted with um, generally see him as a, as a great teacher. So Buddha, that means awakened or enlightened one, and and in theory, we can all attain that that status if we if we practice hard enough. Were any of your uh, family members, friends, surprised? I mean, that's quite a talk about a one eighty from from Zen Buddhism to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I you know I. Don't know. Um, nobody has expressed <laughs> surprise, but uh, but you know, I my 
family's been pretty, pretty supportive. So you've been listening to his people on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Dr. Sita Slavov, professor of public policy at George Mason University and author of the Christianity Today piece, Unable to Find Ultimate Truth in Zen Buddhism, I Turned to Jesus. Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join us again on Monday at the same time for another edition of His People.